0: Hello and welcome to the Conclave podcast. I am Reza, and I'm joined by our three usual dweebs. Uh, introduce yourself, guys. I'll start with the legal. Hi, yeah, I'm Adam, the legal department.
1: Uh, hi, guys. I'm Quipster,
0: and our very own farmer man, the Sandman.
2: Hi, this, that feels really weird to say, <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> the Sandman. Say your name, the, the Sandman. <laughs> <Yes, yeah, no. laughs> you can tell I've never done this before. Uh, right. So.
0: Uh, I think we're, 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 we're here today to talk about Forgeworld because of the the new release of the Imperial Armour Compendium book. I don't know what it's for GW these really long book names that make it really hard for me to say. But yeah, that's why we're here today to talk about. It's uh,
2: copyrightable. Yes. It's to stop people podcasting about them.
0: <laughs> work with me. Right. Um, so I think the first question I'm going to throw out to you guys, um, whoever wants to take up, is what is Forgeworld?
1: So, I mean, the way that I've always looked at forge world is um back in the day it was where you got all the super specialist uh like miniatures so warlord titans at 40k scale uh super specialist units and it was all in resin and as far as i understand back in the day it was all made of resin because the technology for uh, very fine detail on plastic miniatures just wasn't there yet um so they all focused on resin as a production material because you can get really good like sharp edges back in the day back Back in in the the day day. back in like i think forge World started in what like 95
3: 1998
4: Oh, the yeah. legal department. So, 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 <laughs> so actually, <laughs> it, in, right.
3: <laughs> coming in, coming in to hit you with some some straight facts. No, so the the uh, no, uh, Quipsers, hundred, yeah, fire in the booth, mate. Um, my Grime album is coming soon. Um, <laughs> the no, Quipsters hundred, hundred percent right. Um, the the basically the company was set up, so it's a it's a subdivision of of Games Workshop. It was set up originally actually to um make terrain. Funnily enough. Um, was was part of the idea behind it yeah 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 Um, and one of the guys who set it up was um, one of the sort of mad geniuses behind the um, original metal thunderhawk gunship kit so exactly. if people don't know what this is yeah so the the thunderhawk gunship is a space marine vehicle and there was and a, a blunt period instrument you can use
2: yeah the yeah <laughs> i mean
0: if you've read any of the books it gets mentioned about forty-seven thousand times
3: yeah exactly <laughs> so people will be aware of this and yeah as uh sandman's 100 percent right um basically they brought this thing out as a metal kit in the mid early to mid 90s um which you had to glue together with Mostly blood, actually, because obviously you had to sort of whittle it apart <laughs> with a knife, and then that all got mixed in with and cut yourself a million times, and then got mixed in with the super glue. Um, and then you could just kill someone with it. So if you lost the game, you could just launch at your opponent and murder well, them. Alternatively, it was very easy.
2: An- another fantastic use for it is if you wanted to magnetize your bases. You can <laughs> st- stick them all to this Thunderhawk gunship, which you then just carry to Games Workshop. It's a fantastic
3: idea. Yeah, so, so it basically it came around around the time of the third edition of forty K, I think. Third or fourth? Yeah, third, I think. Um Christ, and and yeah, it's over the over time it's sort of grown to make um as crypto says resin mostly resin um kits for 40k also for uh when it was around warhammer fantasy battles um and now age of Sigmar RIP. um lord lord of the yeah r i p press f um and um also for um uh, lord of the rings um and I don't, I don't know whether they make it make stuff for the specialist games I, i've got the website open so i'll check yeah i think they do yeah they do they do a lot of a stuff
1: yeah, they do a lot of stuff for the, like, the weapons options for Titanicus. I think they do a lot of stuff Oh, the,
4: yeah. Uh, like, One thing I noticed about it, is,
0: is being re- relatively new to the hobby, so about a year, when I first found <laughs> it, I thought, is this place actually to do with GW? Because it's kind of <laughs> like, it's... it's almost like it's hidden. But not hidden, it's like it's not really advertised as much unless you start kinda of, when you kind of
3: Yeah. Well get a little bit more you realise. I think I think the thing is to, to start up front, Forge World stuff. The the one thing you'll hear from from people who use Forgeworld, know Forge World, is is two things. First of all, that, you know, this is what it is, it's something that people don't necessarily come across when they're sort of new to the hobby. Um, and also part of the reason for that is their stuff is generally quite pricey. Um, it's generally pretty expensive bits of kit, um, but they are, you know, can be quite useful in games. Um, in terms of expense, um, to give you an example of this, um, I think the most expensive thing they do is actually the uh, a it's model, the yeah, a model from uh, from Sandman's uh, beloved Tau, which is the Manta, uh, which is a big old um, gunship transport slash coffee table that comes <laughs> in at around about twelve hundred quid.
2: I mean, the the manta, one, of, one of my kidneys is on the market at the moment <laughs> if any of our viewers uh <laughs> yeah. would, would we, like is we'll start like a patreon we'll start a patreon for this guys and we'll buy it
3: we'll just buy a mantra and we'll use it as a once once covid once nurgle's plague is gone and we can all come back together uh, and record in a single location again and um, we will use this as our coffee table and i would stand. i would
2: like to do a video with the war hipster um where we just like Get open some pots of contrast paint and just pour it <laughs> over <laughs> the top and then just like grab a roller. <laughs> Probably the still be better about than that. Paint. <laughs> that manta is
1: genuinely big enough that you can play a game of 40k on top of it.
3: Well, like, I mean, you can't you can't really use it because it is bigger than the board. So if you turn up to your local <laughs> games club with a manta, um, I mean, just don't, just don't. <laughs> Wait, no, are
0: there props, you can use it like, as the board. Are there rules
3: for it? so like, Yeah,
0: can yeah, yeah. There's rules. Yeah, there's yeah. rules yeah. for it, yeah. Yeah, hundred. The thing
2: comes in at two thousand points, something like that. It takes mm. um,
0: 20, like forty-five minutes to shoot a Raposa
3: execution. I wonder how long you'd be shooting that thing for. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, the other, th- <laughs> the other thing to say about, about Forge World that is quite cool, in in my opinion, um, talking about Titanicus, is Titanicus obviously is the game of playing with Titans, and they are all at the sort of 28mm scale. Um, But why do that when you can just buy a 40k scale Warlord Titan, which is about four foot tall. Um, And uh, I mean, actually, uh, to be fair, I've said the Manta's most expensive thing. I would would imagine once you price up all the bits because you have to buy the arms and the torso and the legs separately. Once you price up one of those, it's probably more expensive. But yeah, go get yourself one of them. Turn up at your games club. Have everyone hate you and then defend yourself uh, from them by wielding the Titan as a weapon.
1: So you know, there's uh, like when people buy Ferraris or Porsches and stuff. There's like an owners' club. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There is a legit Warlord Titan owners' club.
3: Nice. The making up for <laughs> something <laughs> club. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, the Nerd, opponent Let, nerd Club. Yeah. Let's yeah, let's let's not cast aspersions. Um, <laughs> but
2: yeah, yeah that I, that's four I think one of the other things about Forge World as well which you know we'll dis- probably discuss quite a lot today uh, for y- people that are new to the hobby Forgeworld World has a reputation for having just bonkers rules mm. so <laughs> so the people that have written the this is actually a, a change we've seen now is that the, historically the people that wrote the rules for the Forge World um, units uh, weren't part of games workshop so they could write whatever they wanted <laughs> and <laughs> things got crazy for a long time um, and now um one of this is one of the big changes we've had with forge world is games workshop have gone no forge world stop making everything <laughs> three damage and hit on twos um and now that they've taken the range, the, <laughs> the range well. i mean
1: sort of one thing to talk about that i think it's been super interesting is the way the relationship between games workshop And uh, Forge World has, like, evolved over time. Because, like, I remember I started playing back in 3rd edition. And it was, like, a really fucking big deal if you had, like, a Forge World thing. Because, like, it was so new and very expensive. So, no one had anything Forge World. And the rules were so bonkers, like you were saying. That, like, it was actually, for a very long time, banned from competitions. It was just, like, you just, yeah, you couldn't bring any Forge World. And it's really interesting now to me that, like... I remember when I came back into the hobby about Christ, it's been two years now. What the fuck? Two years ago, um, just seeing so much Forge World just mm. in people's standard armies. Well, it, that's it was that's why, Just like what that's, the fuck.
2: That's one of the reasons actually. This book is potentially like more important than the other two books that we reviewed in the last podcast because. These rules being balanced, and admittedly, these, uh, the units in that book can will be able to be supported by the stratagems and abilities that we'll see in future codexes and supplements. That means that these units, they represent a significant increase in the uh, number of units that some armies have access to. So for, for particularly custodies, particularly Tau, knights this is a massive increase in the number of units that they can put in their army. And that's that's something to be really, really excited about because obviously, you know, I'm sure as Alex will, will know in the custodians' groups, I'm sure it's always a bit like you, you'll finish your collection and now you've got so many more places to go to if you've got a lot of money.
1: <laughs> but but Sandman, which book do you mean?
2: Well, um, uh, I mean the checks the internet imperial armour compendium at £40 quantity what no I've gone too far um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah this is the book and actually this is a, another kind of change they, they used to have a, they used to be split now every and this is something that's different about Forge World is every single faction has their uh, un, their Forge World units in one book um, mm. so it, it, if you know, really really cool thing is if you play lots of armies then Forge World's maybe not a bad place to go to because you don't need to buy another book <laughs>
1: see this is the thing as well i remember back in the day i'm pretty sure i've actually still got the very first imperial armor book and it had some like crazy stuff in there and it one of the things i think a lot of people um sort of look to forge world for is the narrative stuff that they've done because all of that early um like forge world like all the imperial armor books which had all the rules for all the uh, different minches they were coming out with like the original bane blade uh like the salamander i think it's the command vehicle like all of that kind of stuff the narrative stuff that went with it in that book was of a quality that Gaines workshop basically has never really matched in my
2: opinion possibly
1: well, that's a are you opinion. quite
2: is that as a, a question too then are you i don't know if you've seen much of the book are you a bit disappointed then that this book is much more streamlined uh,
1: to a degree i think i mean one of the big things about like imperial armor for example was The photography in it. Like it was the photography in it was shot in such a way that some of the pictures I looked at and I was like, Is that real? Is that like a tank? Is that is this just like a picture from World War Two that they've just like jazzed up a bit? No, it's a miniature and they put like static grass to make it look like it was it was real. And so that kind of flair and the narrative that goes with it, I think it does kind of lose something if to to make the book so streamlined and so about the rules. But they've only just, as far as I'm aware, they've only really just integrated a lot of the systems from Games Workshop and Forge World, like the rules writing team, for example. So I get it. Um, And also, like, a lot of the Forge World narrative stuff, I think they're just pouring all that energy into things like the Horus Heresy, for example, because they've got, I think, the red books or the black books? The red red ones? ones,
4: right? Yeah. The...
1: Yeah, and it's just like the the campaign books that have all the different Horus Heresy units, and the law in those is just outstanding.
0: So, is that why you own a Telemon? Because the law around it is really good. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, perfect, perfect. All that. So Quipster, Quipster I, 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 takes I, himself I on that. <laughs> as a narrative player. Now, 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 now n- non Forge World custodies players. Let let me describe to you the three main Dreadnoughts of the custodies. So we have one with a sword and a spear. Awesome. Uh, sorry, sword and a shield. Awesome. We have one with a spear. Awesome. Quipster, what do you have? Sorry, mate. What, what have you got? I have the <laughs> best
4: one.
1: <laughs> I mean, to be fair, to be fair, in my defense, I bought it uh, when... Th- the reason I bought it was the same reason I got my first ever box of Intercessors because actually it was, it was me... Adam, the legal department, and Sandman, and a few other people in our our gaming group in London, and we had our first ever trip to uh, Warhammer World. We made the pilgrimage. We made the pilgrimage. And so, like, literally, I didn't know this until I fucking rocked up, but they have a Forge World shop. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is so (laughs) dangerous. (laughs) And I I walked in, and I was just like, well, I kind of have to buy something since I'm here. So it's just like, well, what's okay. And this was a, like a year and a half ago. So the Telemon was okay. <laughs> Adam is just like mouthing at me bullshit. <laughs> but it's true. It was like okay, custodis weren't yeah. in that good good a it place. It must be
2: said, some of the like that <laughs> that is a fantastic example. The custodians rednoughts are just incredible. So there's the well, mm. I don't know if the Achilles is the one with the spear, which is just it just I believe so. Cool. so. What's the one with uh, on the sword oh, of the shield yeah. called? Uh, the Galatus. The Galatus. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't, incredible. isn't the
0: sword a flamethrower as well?
1: Yeah, it's got like a melter gun in it.
4: Yeah, they're both like a show weapons, cool. but they can Because yeah, of can course shoot. it does. Really, it's like, really like cool. a lightsaber. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, sort of like rules-wise, the um, the spear one, I think that's the Achilles. Uh, it's now lost. It had an ability to do mortal wounds on the charge, which it's now lost, uh, which is kind of annoying. But... With custodies, annoyingly, most of the custodies codex is uh, in Forge World stuff. Basically, I read two thirds of whatever you can buy is is all Forge World. So you're kind of forced in that direction, and so
0: uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying looks. to adjust them. I don't, oh, know, well, It's true? <laughs> i mean we're we're all giving you shit but all the us the other three of us all own a leviathan dreadnought so (laughs) yeah and, and and also
3: and also to be to be fair I own both the Telemon for my custodies and the Contempt of Galatas, which is the one with the spear that Sandman was talking but about. The so, the thing is,
2: you do forget, we are much better at making fun of Quipster fundamentally. yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm, being, I'm, I'm, being like <laughs> I'm being a hypocrite. Oh, yeah, no, and I'm being a hypocrite I'm good. fine with I, I, that. I, 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 you know, I didn't invest in the Tau tow- Sentry Towers or some random shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know.
3: My Necron pylons for my narrative. Oh my god. Right, so I guess, I mean,
0: I, I guess we can probably expand on this point. It's probably. Just just go through what we do own from forge world and what we kind of why we bought them
1: mm, that's a um, good point do you guys want to start off with your space marine nonsense
0: well i, I think i own the lease from forge world so i'll just go with b first but uh, i own a leviathan and a contemptor dreadnought um and that's it i think um,
1: the, the ultramarines one or the blood angels one?
0: i bought the Ultramarines one and you know now <laughs> i've now planned to strip from my Ultramarines, so i don't know what i'm gonna do with that <laughs> cover in uh, purity
2: seals he'll be fine yeah
0: I'll, I'll i might just say like they were gifted it i don't know what I, the
1: blood angel inside is just like guys what the fuck Can we not change <laughs> the stuff on the outside he's we- just that <laughs>
0: unwanted kid in the corner um he <laughs> <laughs> gets picked last in gym class i don't know uh but yeah. i've not made it yet but that's what i've owned i've got well, i
2: actually it. i actually space marine wise i actually only own the, the leviathan um Oh. So I think let's probably let's start off talking about that. I think because that is a really interesting one. So the Leviathan has may has seen a huge change um, in this current world. Changes. Um, so the Leviathan used to be an absolute like um, master. Yeah, of, of of on the tabletop. So he was T8. He had a two plus save. Um, the, the loyalist one had a four plus plus vulnerable. <laughs> and then he had uh, ten shots on each gun, hitting on twos. At 30 inch range now he has lost a and he used to cost like i think it was 330 points and he's lost a huge amount but uh he's gained a little bit but now he is um far far cheaper so now he is toughness seven with a. Uh, I think he's still got a two up save, and he has a five up invulnerable now um which is all the time which is a big change for the um Chaos one. The Chaos ones, they've also st- This is a, also something to touch on now because none of us play Chaos. Uh, Chaos have lost a lot of their flavor in this book. So all of the guns were standardized. So, for example, the Chaos wouldn't have the uh, storm cannons, they'd have butcher cannons, which were just slightly different, but just in a cool way. There's just a nice little flavor. Yeah, thing. didn't you? If um, you
0: hit something, they had a penalty to morale.
2: Apparently, morale they, they were a bit stronger. Um, Was that the yeah. butcher cannon? Yeah, the, the, the butcher cannon. Are you not discount? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, the yeah. So it's uh, it lost the weapon skill, lost the ballistic skill. So it now hits on threes, which is very very good. It's up to seven. Um, it got, it's only got eight shots on each gun now, only eight. Uh, <laughs> but it has got a longer range, and it's got the minus one to damage, which all the dreadnoughts got, and we should say all of the dreadnoughts in the book have got that now, except the. No, all of them have got it. Um, even
0: Chaos ones have got it now, I think. Yeah, even Chaos think... ones, even the Custodians. I'm ones.
1: pretty sure the Custodian, yeah, the Custodians yeah, yeah. ones got that as well. Oh, yeah, just because the Telemon needed out. to get better. Um, I was yeah. going to say, like, even <laughs> I'm thinking, like, uh, maybe that's a bit extreme for the Telemon. Well,
3: you you won't use it anymore, right? Because you're a narrative player, so <laughs> you, yeah. Yeah, I'm a narrative player, which is why I've only got one.
2: Poor, poor Liam. <laughs> no, <but> you've, got... <laughs> <laughs> you've got
4: one so, Telemon <laughs> Dreadnought and ten say, Terminators.
1: <laughs> the thing the thing, Ad, uh, Sandman is referring to is uh, I did a bat rep with uh, Liam from DZTV. Name drop. Uh, uh, yeah, name drop uh, a while ago, just before the second lockdown. And um, I thought it was going to be a pretty fair fight, frankly. I thought I was going to have some like, real trouble. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be some serious spoilers. It was my custodians versus Harlequins. And wow, I in three turns basically tabled him and lost four models.
2: So quips don't want to brag. Um
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> But I I just wasn't expecting it at all. It was it was a very difficult game for me that one because on the one hand, uh, I really wanted you to lose. Um, <laughs> but on the other, no kidding. Um, but on the <laughs> other, I I also I'm not a fan. I think Harlequins have got uh, which we won't go into on this episode. Hmm. Suffer from like have got just all the Eldar jank going on. So it's actually quite nice to see them not do as well. To be actually, fair.
1: Actually, talking about Harlequins in terms of Forge World as well. As far as I'm aware, they actually don't have any forge world support is that no, no. am I so, wrong yeah, the, harlequin,
2: the harlequin range is, is, is absolutely tiny um, which yeah, is partly by, very by small design thing. I mean they are, They need something I mean they don't just need something Like so one of the not only do they have a tiny range one of their part of their range the uh, void weaver which is their heavy support is essentially mm. useless so they, they actually <laughs> have like six units they can actually feasibly draw from well um, but yeah it, God, it is what other army has that fraction. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, even compared to you, mate, it's
1: it's not very much. Um... It's true. It's true. And I think custodies are in a quite nice place. Because, well, an interesting place, at least, because we have a lot of forge world support. But that's only because we you can have custodies in the Horus Heresy, which is where all that flavor comes from. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the other thing but... I was going to say about uh, going back to the Leviathan Dread. Yeah. It's. I know a, there were a lot of narrative players out there who were a bit tired of seeing the Levy Dread in all places, because as far as I'm aware, the the narrative behind the Levy Dread is that it's like this one special heavy dreadnought that like maybe a chapter will have one of, maybe ever, and a legion might have like one per ten thousand yeah. marines the, or something. The,
3: the narrative, the narrative behind them is they were built, they were built on Earth. Um, pre the Treaty of Olympus with Mars, and the Martians don't like them because Martians obviously have built all the technology behind all the other dreadnoughts, and they have sort of stuff from old Earth and sort of old old technology in them, which is why they're supposed to be so powerful. So they're meant to be super super rare, as Adam, you say. You are um, killing it with this knowledge, mate. This is incredible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the that's the that's the fluff behind but the Dark Angels the
2: actually have shit tons of them because. Which, well, yeah, Which yeah, yeah cool. would be. <laughs> well, no, it's probably not
0: anymore. So do all, so all Iron Hand players. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but actually, that's a really interesting thing you mentioned, Adam. I didn't know that was the case, and it makes sense because in the the latest, uh, like, <laughs> in the latest uh, Dark Angels book, uh, Lionel Johnson, it specifically says that the Dark Angels in the Heresy are not supplied by the Mechanicum. They're supplied specifically by manufacturing facilities on earth which makes sense that they can bring like 20 fucking leviathan dreadnoughts out
3: at a time yeah so well, i mean one one of the things just to say on while we're talking about the leviathan as well i mean i've I've got one. Um, I think this is the most Space Marine players have. One of the reasons it became so notorious, and and uh, Reza sort of alluded to it there with the Iron Hands, is there was a list towards the end of the last edition, um, run by a, a bunch of guys mainly based over in Florida called Brohammer, who are a sort of team of um, you know very good, very yeah, a team of bros, <laughs> um, no, but a team of like very good players, and they came up with this list using the Iron Hand Space Marine chapter, which everyone nicknamed. Unsurprisingly, the Broviathan list. And the way this basically worked was... It's a, a contraction
2: had... of um, Brohammer. <laughs> oh, been, sorry, guys. Just to...
3: you know, it's, it, we just needed that clarification there. Um, but it's uh, the way the way the list worked was um, the uh, Leviathan Dreadnought. You could make... like Iron Hands can make Dreadnoughts characters, um, and they can give them all sorts of additional abilities, or they used to be able to. And what you basically did was sit this this dreadnought in the middle of a whole bunch of Space Marine Intercessors with um, an apothecary, and what, you used a combination of a bunch of rules that basically meant the Leviathan dreadnought could get shot at, obviously it still had its two up save still had its invern um, but it could actually pass wounds off onto the intercessors as well so it was basically unkillable and then any intercessors that died out of this the apothecary would just pick them back up and they had a feel no pain as well so this was just like a blob of impossible to kill stuff with this Chunky boy dreadnought sat at the centre, so you know it really became notorious for just being this like tool of abuse of really powerful rules. Well, yeah, wasn't was the watch. case.
1: Oh, sorry, I was going to say, was it the case that someone mathed it out and uh that list, the in that list, the Leviathan dread could take all of the firepower from a warlord titan and just survive?
4: Well,
2: think, yeah, I on think, on the actually, averages. Actually, I think yeah. the thing about that list, the reason it won the so good, so I think Richard Siegel said this. I think he actually didn't use that strategy like more than like twice or something like that in the, in the whole tournament because you just don't need to yeah. because no ones ever you just didn't yet. need to yeah um i think yeah. also on, whilst on that i want to talk about my first proper positive of this book from my point of view which is that the Leviathan in my opinion got hit with a pretty reasonable nerf bat like it's pretty. Mm, yeah. Like it's still. It's still. Like you shouldn't be sad at all if you have a Leviathan. You, you should be really pleased. Like I think the the Redemptor is the thing people are going to compare it to straight away. Like and so I think as a comparison, um, it's an interesting one. So the, the Redemptor is first of all way undercosted, but <laughs> second mm-hmm. of all, the, the the Redemptor is also a toughness uh, tougher seven. I think it's one eighty as opposed to two forty. And you do. We should say as well, uh, all the forge world dreadnoughts. You now have to pay a CP to take. However, that sounds like a lot. If you took a redemptor and there was a one CP strap at the start of the game, you give your redemptor a five up info. You'd do it every time. You would never not do it. So that's the way I would look at it. So it's still really, really good. And at that point, what you're essentially doing is paying those extra 60 points for the better armor save And the um, seven, uh, sorry, and the um, better better shots. Um, You do, however, lose the core keyword, which can be a big deal. But I think if you're looking to plug one dread into your army, um, I think the the Leviathan is a fantastic choice. So the reason I think that's a real positive to circle back round is because GW often can be a bit overly zealous when they see things like the Leviathan do really well in tournaments, Um, like we've seen. Like there's another example poor poor centurions <laughs> um so so yeah what? i think that's really what are they good. now <laughs> <laughs> so i think it's a really really good thing that they're, that they're looking at these models um, after they've hit them and actually making them still playable like they hit it with all these uh, nerfs but then they reduce the points substantially to cover those those losses so great I mean, job dw you half glass we- full <laughs> i mean to be, actual, to be honest though
1: as as we've been talking about this one thing that struck me and is kind of surprising me about all of this is that so basically every Legion has its own unique Contempt to Dreadnought and Leviathan Dreadnought, right? It's, a, it's actually quite rare now that a Legion won't have that. It surprises me that each particular Dread doesn't have like a little special rule. For example, the White Scars one doesn't have plus one movement. The Iron Hands one doesn't have, I don't know, regen wounds. What you mean, like
2: chapter tactics?
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, like, they, don't, they, they, get that when they, they do in, have chapter tactics. Army. Yeah. No, no. Specific, specific <laughs> Not that special
2: rule. one. Yeah. Well, so, like, so they, like, like,
1: they
0: get a pe- an extra, extra charge. An Ultramarine <laughs> yeah, dreadnought can full, full back.
1: <laughs> well, no, it's in something to make it more flavorful to take that particular dreadnought over blue. a generic version. Do you see what I mean? No, I can. Because oh, there you are mean you, mean, ones. you mean
2: make the relic different to the normal Contemptor? Is that what you mean? Yeah. I see, yeah. I exactly. What mean. Oh, that's I mean, what I mean. Yeah. I mean, because... you could do that's. I mean, GW don't do that for many things though. That that would be mm. awesome, and I would love it if they that's did. Just another but, like, twenty pages At that in point, in point it's like Raven <laughs> Raven Guard veterans should be able to go invisible, and Ultramarine, <laughs> <laughs> you know, veterans should be able to combat squad into like units of one or something like crazy <laughs> shit. Like just do really cool things. Does I mean, I'd love it. They should write know, a
0: book during. The game, <laughs> but you I, I love them, those you, kind you of you like. Get, you get tax reduction. <laughs> the, the
1: perfect example of those kinds of like little flavorful rules are these new. I think they're called Hounds of Morcai from uh, the Space Wolves. Mate, you're in the wrong
2: podcast, mate. We always... <laughs> did that last time. <laughs> Do you even listen, you listen to, to,
1: to these? <laughs> we, we did a whole We're thing. Right? It, like, yeah. It's like it's a, like it's a unit that has. It's a like a chapter-specific version of a generic unit that has like a little flavorful thing that reminds you of their lore. Oh, I don't know that. And in this case, yeah. oh, we, it's uh, like, anti
0: sizes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm
1: saying we should transpose that onto yeah. the 40 like,
0: stuff. first founding chapters are, are, are still loyal? Someone just tell me quickly. Nine. We're going to have nine yeah. different boxes of Reavers. I'm calling it now. <laughs>
4: well, ten that actually, would be funny. The they just one. did that. Yeah.
3: With, with nine nine contemptor dreadnoughts and nine leviathan <laughs> dreadnoughts, uh, yeah.
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so no, have we, I mean, have we
0: covered the well, we did cover the room. leviathan? Yeah, we did yeah. space. Room. Sorry, yeah. so circling back, I'll, so, I'll, I'll carry on
2: because I, I have got more forge world. So, the only other, uh, yeah, I, I, there's no um, specific forge world units for genius to the cult, although there are a lot of tyrannic units, um, but. The Tau have a whole bunch, as I mentioned earlier. It's actually it represents a pretty sizable increase. The problem with the Tau is that their codex is currently not very good, so their units. Even though I think I, I actually am pro most of the changes to the units, um, but the problem with that is that then there's no support for them, so they don't they they're not enough on their own. So uh, can, I ask, I have, can I ask you a question before
0: yeah. you go? So. The the coolest you think I think on Forge World is the Tao-Nar. which is oh like, that thing is that's massive. Like, it's like a walking fortress. Yeah, but yeah it's
3: a titan equivalent really yeah. isn't it yeah yeah if i win the How... lottery
0: i'm buying ed one just by the way but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> i've never wanted someone else to win the lottery before um, <laughs> sure. yeah i mean ooh.
2: the town R actually got a, a pretty sizable change um in this uh in this book so it's actually no longer a battle suit which is a huge deal because it can no longer have drones intercept wounds for it um, which basically means it's like every other titan which is fine except it's way more expensive <laughs> than every other <laughs> titan so it's yeah it's probably not going to see too much play now i hope i'm wrong about that but uh i, yeah, I think it's not just that it's all it. play to begin with to be fair well it, 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 it got like this was stupid because it, it just the points for it were misprinted in the index and so people went oh like they literally like gw sold loads of them people genuinely <laughs> like people <laughs> buy, it, it amazes me that people buy things because they can see the yeah. rules misprinted it's fucking crazy it's like i mean be a meta chaser, but like, like you have rent to pay. Don't be like, a moron. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, wasn't it? And wasn't it? Wasn't it for like a period of about
3: two weeks? I, like, yeah, where it the it I it was less yeah. than that. Yeah, maybe it was. Maybe it was like a week where yeah. the town. Are, and how much? It was like. It was like under a thousand points, wasn't it, or something? Uh, yeah, think, it was like super cheap. Points. I
2: think. I think. I can't remember exactly. I think they forgot to print. You know how they uh, in this book they. Made a lot of the weapons. uh, Sorry, in in ninth edition, I should say they've made a lot of the weapons free and just had the the bulk, the cost of the unit complete. Uh, They basically forgot to put the points on for the weapons. (laughs) And the weapons are pretty
3: big. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this this thing looks like uh, everybody's anime dream battlesuit thing. It's got Mm -hmm. like three guns, three huge cannons on the back of its shoulders. It's just ludicrous. It looks very. Only thing it's missing is a laser sword. (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah yeah.
2: So I, yeah i i have i do however i don't have all of them unfortunately well i do have i uh, have two of the coolest tower unit which i think uh deserves a bit of a talk about which is the ivara Now, the reason I, the reason i love the ivara they've never been particularly great because of the fact that they're just they've always been incredibly expensive so the i even though it's the old rules they're so this is a great example of how the four to units had absolutely crazy rules so the the tau flamer on the Ivara was 3d6 shots um you'd always take the ats so then it would be uh minus three and it would be a uh, uh, flat three damage on a strength six and it's like so, a <laughs> flamer. yeah so it was so that would that will kill pretty much anything because <laughs> um, you could also reroll wins with the commander however it, it was 400 points and that flamer is uh, eight inch range so it, most of the time it's going to die before it kills anything but it, it was yes yeah, so it was a it, this is a great example of where they um, again this is another real positive of this book they've looked at the rules and made them balanced so that you could never point that unit correctly because because of the fact it could kill anything it, t- it wanted like it couldn't be too cheap so they made it really really expensive so then it can never be taken because it's still a, just a monster it's a toughness seven unit with a fiver pin gun. Um, or four up if you're within 12 so it it can still just get blown off the board so now what they've done is they've massively reduced the power of that flamer which i know a lot of people are sad about but like you know the fact of the matter is it never saw any play before now it's cheaper it's got a worse gun it will see some play that's a net game that's a net game that's how you have to look at it from my point of view and I think also, um, yes, GW might have got some of the points a bit wrong in this book. I think that's fair, but you know that can be adjusted. You know that's not that's that's not too long. When they get the profiles wrong, that means that it won't see much play for this whole edition. So I know it's I know it's a bit of a tough pill to swallow. We're not going to see the tower book for a little while, probably. So you know, the difference, the, the amount of time those units will be play not be playable, it's not going to be too long. And there's COVID anyway. Let's um, also I think let's touch on some of the tower because the, the tower did see some rough changes also. So um did they like get said, any
0: Forge World crew models? Does
2: that no. So know? all of the Forge World Cruit models are, are legends now. so They used to have oh, okay. Narlak riders, and they used to have the Great Narlak, um, which were really really cool units. And I. I really popular Um, i mean maybe they didn't didn't sell that many that that's fair reason to not make anymore um but
1: or alternatively the way of looking at it is maybe they're retiring a lot of stuff because plastic versions are coming soon
2: Maybe, I mean, you know, n- nothing's ever out of the picture with GW. You know, it could, yeah, absolutely could be in the works. I'm um, no, being very half glass full. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. <laughs> Why is everyone being so positive today? What a fuck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just pretending the glass is full when it isn't, Alex. Um, <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, that is a real shame that you can't take them anymore. Um, and the, uh, let's uh, have a think. Sorry, yeah, so the other big change is, is the planes. So the planes used to all hit on twos. Which was admittedly a bit silly, but now they hit on fours and they're still very, very expensive for units like that are just toughness seven. Like, they're gonna die. They're just gonna die. They're gonna die so quickly. And the before it was the case that you could put a tiger shark shark on the table. And if you got turn one, it would kill enough that it earned its points back. Now it won't, it can't even do that. So it, you're, it's never going to earn its points back on the table, which is a problem. It, yeah, but again, that, that's probably a points thing. So, um, one of the things that GW, I think, have gotten better at is reducing the output of units that aren't that tough. The reason that matters is because, as I talked about with the Ivara, you can never get those points right. If, if you don't do that it's just so hard to do so unless you have like some really cool delivery systems or something like that then it becomes really really hard so I think uh, and uh, again like you know not to be too you know glass R full kind of guy but I think these in the long run will be really really positive and they have made the units better uh, also Tetris got better the Avana is better the, the, there's a bunch of units that are better um, so yeah so I, I think
1: Sorry. Uh, I was just going to add to that. Like, on a slightly unrelated note, I'm looking through the Forge World entry for all the Tau stuff now, and yeah. you guys get the coolest names for stuff ever. Like, the Tau-Nar is called Supremacy Armor. That's cool, man. Yeah. And, like, the Fusion Eradicator. Well, the Tau- Just looking at this gun is just it's just outrageous the tower ta- armories is a
2: really really cool thing to kind of look at especially over time because what what actually happens is a lot of these units get developed from rules and from story. so like the mm. Riptide and the uh, y-tide and the r-tide um they actually were developed in battles against, four battles against Space Marines and like, you know, Shadow Sun like deliberately held them back for a long time to surprise people. That's actually a very common thing the Tau do is release a battle suit so each crusade. Um, and and then, <laughs> But the reason it's really fun to be a Tau player is because, and there's a bunch of uh, rules like this where the, each edition... The Tau Armory has changed ever so. Uh, sorry, the Tau Armory changes ever so slightly, and so yeah, it upgrades incrementally. Yeah, uh, exactly. So this... for for example, with like cyclic ion blasters, you they were once just like you could have one in your army, you know, because they were this mm. they were this incredibly rare weaponry, and so like one of the big it was um, a
1: prototype, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, one of the big prototypes, and uh, Ovisa, who's one of uh, the uh, the the eight. Um, develops a lot of the weaponry for uh, that the Tau ultimately end up using, and so you know, there's a lot of things that they talk about in the books, and things that are relics actually in the game that you know, fingers crossed, might even see, um, you know, w- more widespread rules in the game. Um, and as so a Tau player, that that's not too mm-hmm. that's not too crazy to say because it does happen. It has happened in the past.
1: So I was going to add to that as well. I remember watching an interview with um, oh Christ, what's his face? He's done loads of Jez Goodwin. That's it. Um, he was he designed a lot of the original Tau stuff, and like a lot of people may not know this, but Tau um, was my first proper army uh, in forty k. After obviously a bit of Space Marines, and um, I remember like when I first got the um, rail rifle guys. Do you, it Fire was warriors. like in a broadside. No, no, with the with the rail rifles. Broad- uh, broad- Pathfinders. Uh, Pathfinders. Pathfinders. Ah, Pathfinders. Exactly. I had the original uh, blister pack of metal miniatures for those with the super long, stupid-looking helmets. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was interesting because I remember watching an interview with him. Originally, it was a special, uh, special issue item, so you could have like one in the whole army, maybe two in a, a squad, and one squad of, would have it in the whole army. And he was, and when Ches Goodwin was explaining it, he was like, "Look." When I first designed it, it's got all these wires and stuff coming out of it, and it's a bit more blocky because it's the prototype design. But when it moved on to the plastic kits, it was more refined, it had less wires, it looked a bit more rugged, and you could take them in every single squad. So the the design philosophy has always reflected as well the idea that you've got these incremental changes and prototypes and new developments of stuff, which I think narratively is super interesting because it... Puts the Tau in like a super different place compared to almost every other faction.
0: Well, they the young upstart race, right? Our empire. Yeah,
1: literally. And it's interesting that even in like the design philosophy of individual weapons, you see that like being being yeah. put out there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. like cool. A cool that, Yeah, that
2: that uh, that covers me for uh, my stuff I don't have too much actually. Um, I Has anybody to got
0: anything Adam, we've not added? Yeah, I think Adam have got
3: loads. Well, as so I was going to say, I've got so I've got a few bits and bobs. So on the Custody side, and i will not going into it in too much detail because I think we've we've already talked about it a lot. I've got the Telemon dreadnought, um, all shoulder pads all day, um, which is just if you if you know, if listeners if you look up Telemon dreadnought, it's just it's a, a model which is seventy percent shoulder. Um, it's just it's pretty chunky, um, and that's quite good fun. I've also got the um, Contemptor Galatus, which is basically a Contemptor Dreadnought with a big laser spear, um, which is another Custades, uh model, which is quite cool. Um, on on the Space Marine front, I've got the Leviathan, but my personal favourite, and I can't believe none of you have mentioned this, I'm very annoyed about this, mm. It's the Freddie Mercury of the Dreadnought world. The <laughs> Um The Derradeo Dreadnought. Why is the Derradeo Dreadnought so cool? Well, it's not. I'll tell, I'll, I'll <laughs> it tell looks you, Steve. Bad. Like I'll toe. tell you, Steve. It's cuz it looks like a boat first of all. <laughs> it's got it it's got a chest shape like a boat with some legs coming out the bottom. It hasn't got any arms. It's just got guns. It's there's none of this none of this pretense that it's some kind of like walking, you know, sort of animate figure that's going to come up and punch you. No. This thing is all guns all the time. Um, and the other reason that I really love it, which is slightly more hilarious, is that the, when you when you buy it, uh, what it what it comes with is a, a sort of shoulder-mounted missile launcher. But one of the options you can have on it is something called an atomantic pervase, which basically gives it a an invulnerable save and gives everything around it. Or caveat to this, sorry, before I go any further, it, this is what it used to do. I haven't looked in the new book to double check this, but I will I will double check this at some point in the future. But what it used to do is it used to give the model and everything within a certain range and a, a five-up invulnerable save. So it was very good. What was quite interesting about this is Forgeworld never bothered to actually make the sort of little doodad, whatever it was going to be, to go on this thing's back to be the Atomantic pervase. So it was an option that existed in the rules, but if you wanted to do it, you just had to build something yourself. You couldn't actually buy anything to to go in it so what i've seen a lot of a lot of people started doing was uh if people know the um impulse of the space marine transport that's got a a little a shield dome people were using those and sort of plugging those into the back of it or bits of towel kit because they have kind of round uh you know shield drone heads and things to act as this this thing so yeah the, the Derradeo is is awesome it's got an awesome name it looks like a boat with legs and uh, it's got an entire piece of it just completely missing that you have to just make up yourself. So do what's you, not you to you love, like guys? Do you like the
2: nacho doritos or do you like the flaming uh, yeah. <laughs> dir- <laughs> <laughs> Flame,
3: flaming hot mate <laughs> flaming hot it's it's what it's all about. Excellent. Awesome. I
1: mean I should go quickly into to my forge world nonsense. Um I don't have that much and there's a few reasons for that. So number 1
2: you're slow at painting.
1: I am so slow at painting, outstandingly slow. But also and this is something we haven't really touched on yet. Slow
0: at getting
4: commissions.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh I hate you guys. But uh no, I mean one of the big things is I hate working with resin. Like I I find it to be an awful material to work with. Um the fine cast stuff especially is just terrible. But uh, Forge World is a bit better. But it's just. Do you like this hobby, mate? (laughs) 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 Every (laughs) bunker. I hate this. (laughs) The book's are shit. (laughs) Well, no, it's just. I said that there's that one book that's shit. It's just fucking awful. But uh, no, it's just the fact that it's very easy to have miscasted pieces, uh, holes in in the models, uh, bubbles, chunks missing. Yeah, but I play custodies, we don't do battle damage. Oh, that's because you roll. don't
2: leave the palace, sorry. It, it is it is <laughs> worth complaining about. And and quite frankly, I'm actually going to back Alex up on this for one for one reason I'm going to lead on to. So <laughs> No! <laughs> people should raise with GW that resin is bad. So I've had two... I, I don't have a lot of resin, as I say, and, and my experience have been awful, awful. So my commander, Farsight, was missing a chunk of his leg and my Leviathan was missing a chunk of his torso. Um, now, I haven't actually done this. However, I will say... GW are apparently very good at sorting these things out if you do raise them. However, it is worth raising things with the GW now. If you don't like the plastic, if you don't like the resin, and you want the plastic kits, because GW have shown they do respond. So, sorry Alex, I will let you get back to this, but I have to bring this up because it's really big. So the internet won its first battle this week. So one of the things that happened in the Forge World book is they didn't they didn't allow. Uh, they didn't put the classic Chaos Space Marine units, the, the Leviathan, the Deredia, all of these specific Chaos Space Marine stuff under the Thousand Suns and under the, de- under the Death Guard rules. Adam, I don't know if you saw this. And
3: uh, well, I no, saw no, I didn't. And, this, and I'm, 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 I was, I was going to make a comment on this, so I'm now
2: really interested. And so, and so <laughs> lots of people were like, well, this is a bit annoying. It looks like you can't take it. This is obviously a problem. GW went, no, it's not. You know, it's, sorry, there's obvious an error. And GW went, no, it's not an error because they wrote in the Legends rules, if you want to take a Death Guard uh, contempt Contemptor Dreadnought, you are welcome to do so in a Legends army. They did that. And obviously, and this is not a, this is not a joke, right? Okay, as, as funny as we like to say about, and as many jokes as we should make about nerds getting angry, and you should never be rude to any employee of GW ever. It is not okay if someone's like, oh, but dear GW, I, I have spent hundreds of pounds on these models. And now you've said I can't use them. That's genuinely something you should flag. And so resin is a great example of, please do email GW every time you, you order some resin. And it is, it is just crap because I wish I had sent the pictures of mine um, because these things are going to change and will change. And the, they are getting much, much better at responding to this criticism. Um, what
0: was the so- victory?
2: So, oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. The victory. Uh, <laughs> We're sitting like, and? Now FF, they've now changed the Legends book and that is now gone. They so should, now they you that, So, you
3: so, so my, my dream of a Death Guard decimator well, with still Bernabé Tard lives You officially on.
2: can't do it. But it looks like they can. So, uh, so, like, they haven't FAQ'd the Forge World book yet and put that, those rules into the Forge World book. But what they have done is faq the Legends book and taken them out of the Legends book. So, you still technically can't write now, but it looks like you'll be able to. So, well done. I mean, so, well done to I people mean, that email GW politely. GW and FAQ <laughs> <to FAQ>. Yeah, <laughs> so I think, I think the thing.
3: I think the God. thing to... Sorry, just just to say. I I completely agree with what Sandman says there. And, and GW do listen. I know we get on our high horse about... You know, oh, you're just chill you're just for the corporations, right? But to be fair, they... We are. They are. They are. Well, you are, mate. Um, no, <laughs> they are. They are more respond. I think they are more responsive now than they've ever been. So it is worth yeah. putting that. And they've always been good at sorting out little customer service issues. But these bigger ones, they do listen. Where I think the 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 complaints about the Death Guard stuff, and I don't just say as a Death Guard player uh, and Thousand Sons as well, are right, is because when you have in production models that are still in existence that get moved to Legends, and you're told, hey, if you play regular Chaos Space Marines, you can use these, but for reasons because you play this particular legion for which we have put out other books um you can't that does seem ridiculous where i will say to draw the line if we are going to talk about people complaining about you know stuff one of the things i did see and i'm sure we'll get onto it in more detail later was um one of the things that this book uh, the imperial armor compendium contains as well as obviously the sort of models we're talking about is um certain unique rule sets for um certain space marine chapters and also in the, what i'm about to talk about is an imperial guard regiment called the death corps of krieg and uh yeah i Crips is laughing at this because he knows what i'm about to say the death corps of krieg are um, are very popular or they have been very popular historically and most of their stuff pretty much all their stuff came from forge world and they announced as when they announced this new book that they were going to basically update them for reasons I don't quite understand, which I can only put down to people just not looking at the official sort of Warhammer community website where they announced this, there was a massive burst of um, uh, outcry on the internet from people saying that the death core of Krieg were being binned entirely and everything was being got rid of and you weren't going to get anything and this was like a day after they'd announced that they were giving them you know that they they put on their website here is their doctrine and stuff it was all a bit weird as i say maybe people just didn't read it i don't know but there was a lot of like a lot of pretty nasty stuff being said um and then obviously it turns out the book comes out and actually they're in there and they they have rules and stuff yeah. what they have got rid of is out of production models and i'm okay with that i get people complaining and saying you know like the nar like the the narlocks and things like that and that have moved to legends i assume are some of them out of production now ed
2: yeah yeah they are mm. they are yeah
3: yeah, so, and I get people, you know, again, they're cool, they're, you've spent money on them, but yeah, frankly, look, they're there's not there's making no, the models you know, anymore. There's you nothing know? wrong, and look, there's nothing Sorry. wrong
2: with, uh, mm. and again, like, if you do things in a polite way, like, it's like GW do want you to do that. Like, they, they do want that feedback, they need that data to find out what people want. So, it is honestly worthwhile emailing GW and um, being like, oh, I've really, really loved the idea of a crew army. Um, I, I mean I, I would be it would be great if you could uh, you know, reprint those models and bring them back because they, they will they will read that and listen to it just don't yeah, just don't yeah. be angry when you email them because they'll just not they'll just ignore it
1: I mean two points actually on that so number one uh, talking about the customer service stuff from uh, like resin miscasts and that kind of thing I had an experience with uh, I bought the special edition Vindicar assassin you know there was there was the old Metal one and he's like actually looking down the site um so i had one of those back in the day uh lost it and then the this new one uh oh, sorry a reprint of that came out as resin and i was like oh my god okay i've got to have that got it and he was missing a chunk out of his eye and me being a perfectionist i could have gone over it but <laughs> I, I didn't i didn't like want to risk it and so um
2: eye patch Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I could have done, genuinely. I could have filled it in with green stuff and like sanded it, but it would have been very delicate and I didn't want to risk it. And so I sent them a picture and immediately they were like, yep, okay, that's fine. And they just sent me a new model, which was really good. And it was a much better much better quality. So now you've got um, two,
0: one with an patch and one without. <laughs>
1: yeah, genuinely. I think one I'm tempted to use for a conversion. Uh, but yeah, so the customer service for that is really good. Um, and the thing I'd add to the death corps of krieg stuff is one of the reasons i think there was so much passion in the community when all of that stuff happened is because the everything in the death corps of krieg army is forged world which means it's all resin and very expensive uh, to work with resin requires more skill time effort and dedication and the monetary outlay to have a krieg army is actually way higher than it is to have a plastic uh, Kasachan army, for example. So, if you've spent all of this time and money and passion and effort into an army over what's probably a, a, a series of like decades, um, you're going to be so invested, and that's going to come out. Which is why I think there was so much passion, specifically for. I will say, Death Corps of I, to- I
2: totally agree with that, And like, so for example, I saw a number of posts on the specific thing, which people genuinely thought that Death Corps of Creed infantrymen were being legends because they saw the contents page and they went on there and like every reasonable yeah. person went well that's because they'll have standardized them and put them in the guard codex but people genuinely like like there's there were posts on on reddit with like thousands of upvotes people were being like bye bye i got um creed infantryman it's like they are still selling these models what are you talking anyway, uh,
3: so and what as i say as i say what, what killed me about that sorry the final thing i said but what killed me about that is on the Warhammer community page that the picture of the bloody co- uh, the bloody contents page came from, yeah. if they'd have scrolled down, it had the whole section on Krieg and their doctrine. Yeah.
4: It's
2: and just it's, insane. Yeah. And I know? will say yeah. one thing: I will say about Krieg though is their doctrine is weirdly shit. Like, <laughs> it's so yeah, it's... weird. Like, like I like Sisters. I always think Sisters are always the example I use of rules that were done really, really well because GW took their time to. Like, think about a really complicated mechanic that was going to massively change the game. Spent it, like, you know, a, at least a year between the beta codex and the, the actual codex, I believe it was. And it, it came out, and they are amazing rules, really, really well done. And, then, and they're really, really, like, you know, timid with releasing those rules. And they, you know, in hindsight, they, maybe they should be. But then, with these rules, they are weirdly restrictive. Like, it's just vehicles... On their top profile, on a four up, can shoot when they die. Where's well, yeah, it's it's like, the bottom profile? Yeah, isn't sorry, it? the bottom profile. Sorry, and I'm like, yeah. Wait, why wouldn't you like? I should say also, um, infantry. Uh, death Courts of Krieg, for um, people who aren't familiar with them. Um, even though this is very common for guard, generally, more so for guard, they have shit tons of infantry. So it's really weird that that wouldn't affect the infantry. Um, and they also were immune to morale before. Not, not, not even close yeah. to no. being overpowered. Like it didn't even. No one has ever been like, oh, these, oh, fuck, man, these guards that don't run away. They're just horrific. Like, just, it just never comes up. I just don't understand <laughs> well, why. no, because generally be speaking, they're so squishy, you yeah, wipe a squad just, at a time. It's just ridiculous. So, like, they, and so they took that away, and it was just, I re, uh, yeah, it was just, just a, it, when I say it, it's just a weirdly shit, it's because I just, I just don't get what they were afraid of. Like, so with Sisters, for example, I would get it. It's like, you know, if they'd got it, with Sisters, they got it, I think, almost exactly right. But they could have gone too far the other way. And I'd be like, you know, I kind of get it. Miracle Dicer is a complicated thing. You know, be timid there. But, like, this is, like, it's so ble- met. Like, it's just so, like, all right. Mm. Like, if it was that they can shoot on four-ups on, on their, like, middle profile uh, or and all units can do it and they're immune to morale, everyone would still be like, I mean, all right. <laughs> like, like, I mean... like it would be fine. There'd be no problems with that. It's so weird to me. Yeah. Just because just you mentioned
3: sisters, I will say... The one uh, Forge World item I don't have, <laughs> and where I'm gonna just to caveat this: what I'm about to say, I am entirely joking, because uh, I've said out of production models being got rid of is fine. Um, but Forge World, where's my repressor? Um, the repressor, if you don't know, is basically the sisters' party bus. This was a uh, rhino that was technically open topped, and what your sisters and I had someone do this to me at a tournament, and it's both very cool and very annoying. <laughs> what you used to be She's able to do was uh, stick a load of uh, sisters armed with melter guns called dominions in one of these things the dominions had a scout move the vehicle got the scout move you zipped them up the board you fired all your melter guns out of the little windows on the side of it and you brought flaming melter death um upon your enemies uh, from your party bus um which if you ask me is quite cool um, but yeah it is out of production uh, and unless you want to pay like a chinese recaster or just loads of money on ebay you can't get them anymore and i'm pretty sure they've been legends as well they have. um but yeah, sad times for the repressor.
1: <laughs> I saw a
3: lot cool, of Amy drama well. on the uh,
1: yeah, I saw a lot of drama on the uh, the sisters' uh, pages on Facebook. Everyone just being like, "Oh my god, this is the worst thing yeah, ever." Yeah, that
3: that that was our that was our deathcore of krieg, our moment <laughs> yeah. of, of
2: unreasonable nerd rage. Um... <laughs> right, so the, it was very the question funny. I would like to yeah, I, I will also say, like that. and to be fair to GW, um, I do absolutely stand by GW's right to listen to the nerd rage and go no shut the fuck up fuck <laughs> off <God. laughs> so like uh, yeah to- totally understand but like and I, just, I genuinely you know not- oh, wait, you- I won't mention you- it anymore but I will say GW do like the feedback when it's kind and of positive like it is good for the game so uh, you know do give it if you, if you have got comments on any of the uh, books that have come out so far because they will listen Gw, if you'd like to
3: start sending us uh, codices before they come out to have a look at, it's we're being so nice about I'm you. Just, just if anyone's listening, just you know, that's fine. We're having that. Howler would
2: look great in black, and um, that is my colour scheme. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So,
0: uh, one thing I want to ask everybody: it's just a quick fire kind of like round. If you could add anything from Forge World to your army right now, what would you buy? Quipster.
1: Uh, oh God. Uh, I mean, my immediate response is going to be second Telemon, but. Uh, Okay, quick fire No. On. Uh <laughs> uh, fuck, the uh oh no, actually I know exactly what what, what I want. I want the it's Just very um, quick, guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a slow person, okay. Leave
0: me alone. The uh um,
2: Do we have to pay with it for, with that, do we have to pay for it with our money? No, no, okay. You get
0: one <laughs> thing for free, go. Quick start. Oh, Warlord Titan. I, I I kinda knew that was gonna come from someone. Uh of Sandman. Course.
2: I'd like a, like a like hundred more wishes, please. <laughs> <laughs> you dickhead. Um, I, I think... Um, I actually am going to buy some Death Courts of Krieg because, um, and people might not know this, um, de- the Jeans to the Cult uh, rule is, is actually just... Uh, you must just have the uh, regimental... Uh, you, you just have to change the regiment for Brew Brothers and they are just a regiment, so you can actually take um, Death Courts of Krieg stuff um, as, as genius did the cults now which is really really cool I think actually I think technically before but it just didn't come up very much so I will be getting some Courts of Krieg stuff um, I'll probably just start with a single infantry squad but they have so many amazing unique vi- like units like I love the guys on horses and I am on a farm so Oh that's, cool. oh that's good yeah i like yeah.
0: that okay well, as soon as i ask that question i'd like to point out that the legal department was looking at his shelves <laughs> so <laughs> what, what
4: do you want i was i was
3: i was about, I was about to say i was i'm surveying uh, my armies uh just off screen no so um if it's for an army that i have i'd I probably <laughs> say i'd probably say well no i'd probably say something like the Seraptech construct for the what necrons the or that? the tomb the tomb wraith it's like a big um uh, I think it's called a tomb to race. It's like a big metal, yeah, a big metal it's centipede really now, thing, which just looks All quite cool. Better. Oh, is it? Oh, <laughs> well, sorry. Maybe, a, maybe I'll get okay. um But what I was going to say, it's an army I don't actually have, and it would probably, it would certainly fit better into Sandman's armies. But I just think it has an absolutely brilliant name: is the barbed hierodule from uh, from the Tyranid range, um, or the scythed hierodule, depending on what takes your fancy. Which is like a big. Um, tyrannid kind of bio titan thing and it just looks awesome and it sprays acid everywhere
2: Ah! I i will actually say comment on that actually brief briefly there's a, a little bit of worry f- for me from the Tyranid rules, specifically the Carnifex Skullcrusher. Very weird unit to get upset about. I know, <laughs> but, but the reason I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm a little bit uh, worried about it is because one of the things that the Forge World Book would do at the time that it has been released is give a little bit of a precedent for what is going to happen in the rest of the books. So, and with the uh, Carnifex Skullcrusher being a Carnifex, um, doesn't didn't really get any uh, meaningful changes that suggest that uh, GW are actually going to look at the Tyranid big bugs and that is a little bit worrying to me although the malanthrope is now just ridiculous um so you know yeah it's interesting but as an example there are things that are precedents for things changing um the tau have now got a four plus ballistic skill where a lot of people were anticipating into threes and the um orcs um get uh, the hit on or- twos no, well, they, uh, they, their bike's got, uh, it looks like they're going to get extra toughness or something like that because their uh, big mech on bike, Oh uh, no, it's a big mech on bike or warboss on bike, um, is now back and better than ever. He's now an absolute yeah, war Yeah, warboss. Warboss on bike. So he, uh, yeah, so th- there's some interesting precedents set. So it's, it's always, it's, it's worth looking at those rules if you want to try and guess what's going to be in your codex. And again, like, if you don't like to speculate about what's coming in 40K, um, pick a different hobby because that's my thing. <laughs> Awesome. So, uh,
0: something else I want to touch on, uh, while while I've got you guys, is that we we kind of touched on like the Death Courts of Krieg having uh, some forge World rules, uh, but there's also some Space Marine chapters that have some specific forge well rules as well, and uh, support. So, I kind of want to expand on those, especially around the law, because there's nothing better than listening to you three ramble on about the law. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, let's go with the sandman first. Can you tell me a little bit about what I'm alluding to? Let's start with the Dawn of War fans. So go go yeah, ahead with yeah. that. Yeah, so I mean that yeah, oh, that's definitely yes. the ones
2: I know I know best. Um, I don't know if anybody here does a fantastic impression of Gabriel Angelos. I think we legal department. Space you, but yeah, he has a very just <laughs> yeah. he's just got such a space marine voice um, in those games. And uh, he, yeah, the the model's actually really, really good. And the Blood Ravens are a really, really popular chapter because of that fact. And so because they were so popular in all the four games, they got um, Gabriel Angelos as a model and they actually got uh, rules in eighth edition in the White Dwarf and they are really, really unique as a chapter. So they are popular for uh, there's, there's kind of there's a bunch of things about them. So one, um, like you know, as a Dark Angels player, maybe I relate, relate, um, relate to this, uh, there was a bunch of heresy uh, to do with their uh, people in their chapter and Gabriel Angelos uh, Came chapter master in the books by um, killing. Well, I
1: mean, how how much spoiler territory do we want to get, we, we want these, to get these, into about their the origins? These games
2: came, came out in like these games came out when I was <laughs> single figure age, so has <laughs> been yeah. so, uh, so yeah, so I, mean, like... I, I don't feel bad at all about this. But yeah, so yeah, there's there, you know, Gabriel Angelos kind of defeated, a, removed a bunch of her- heresy from the uh, chapter, uh, um, and then wrote the chapter master. They're also very very famous for stealing. Things from other chapters. So if you have a look at their relics, and if you re- uh, look at their lore, they have a bunch of like crazy shit. So they have like uh, things from the Ultramarines. I believe they even have. I can't remember exactly where they have some Custodian relic. Um, so I can I can tell you. Oh, I love them even from. more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. So the re- they are, are madmen. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> where that uh, where that specific thing comes from that they just nick stuff from other chapters comes from the gameplay mechanics of uh, the Second Dawn of War game. Game. So basically, what would happen is you'd roam around the map and your characters could pick up special issue items. And it was always like, oh, this flamer was like from the Ultramarines it was carried by this champion, or this is from the Dark Angels chapter. And everyone's like, why are they just run- running around stealing all this shit from the <laughs> chapters? <laughs> <laughs> and so that, that, that. That's where that, leaf blower. Well, that's actually, yeah, yeah literally, they actually
2: it was that. stuff like You that, took Gulliman's
4: you know. pen. <laughs> Yeah. They,
2: they actually reflected that in their their rules and their relics because they they were just like relics of like you know crazy random foundings. Um, the other thing this that's is really, actually one okay. thing, The other thing that's really really unique about them is they have a uh, their gene seed uh, supposedly bonds or works better with psykers. They have a really high number of psykers in their in their uh, chapter, and they actually have a rank um, called I think it's called like Captain Librarian, something like that. Um, and I believe you could actually I think there was a stratagem. I think there might even still be legal rules. Um, so yeah, the, there's a stratagem that allows you to make a librarian reroll ones or something like that. It's uh, it's so really really cool. There's I'm there's a very
1: we're... specific reason for that, and this Whoa. is a spoiler. So if you're listening and you don't want to have a spoiler for this 15 year old game, just say it. Um, <laughs> basically, the whole point of the Blood Ravens and the reason, for example, that their short their uh, sigil is uh, this raven and their armor is red is because they are the descendants of loyalist Thousand Sons.
2: Well I don't think that's that being confirmed. Has that been confirmed, that? confirmed. No no it's, it's as far as I'm aware it has been confirmed no, I don't because I don't, I, don't, I don't think yeah, it's it not, it not actually I think there's been uh, I'm <laughs> sure it has been. No Quipstar Hang on, Hang on. There's I actually there's... of the Forge World chapters it's worth mentioning. I can't believe Quipstar thinks I don't believe thinks that's like a spoiler like nobody knows. <laughs> I'm pretty sure
0: that's canon. But in the in the Forge World book it says you should play him as
2: Ultramarines and that's got so uproar. So yeah well this is the this is the rules are a bit funny about that <laughs> so um there's actually, I will say, there are three of the chapters that are rumored to be from uh, Trader Gene Seed in the Forged book. So the Minor and the Caragians also. So the, uh, the they actually have now suggested chapter tactics, um, which is a which is interesting. A because they like with the everybody believes they're from the Thousand Suns, so you should be able to just choose whoever you want. Um, that's what people think you should be able to do, but you actually can do that because it's just suggested. So it's kind of just meaningless suggestions. Yeah, from I don't know GW. why they did that. I think they should have uh, just left it, it. it. Yeah, it's actually just more fun to be able to just pick whatever you want because you know no one wants to be stuck with an army. Because there are like yeah.
0: specific successor traits in the book which do help your army with psychers, which if you could really build yeah. a really fluffy Because I think somewhere in the games, they mentioned that one of the chapter masters actually was a librarian back in like the history of the chapter.
2: Yeah, well, they do, yeah they they do actually they 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 did have a chapter tactic in eighth edition and it did I think it allowed you to reroll ones for psychic tests. Mm. Uh, so that, yeah,
4: they've,
2: they've actually Anyway, it's Quips
0: just yeah. staring at the internet trying to prove he's right. Um,
1: God, I'm not doing that. What are you talking there, about? There really,
2: I, I will say to back Quips up, there is a passage as well. I can't remember what book it's from, where there, there is like a thousand sun sorcerer and he does talk about like the lost um, sons of the Raven or something like that. So it is it is highly. I think it's
0: very, um, very speculative. Yeah, i uh, uh, yeah, yeah.
2: highly uh, nodded
0: But uh, I think what we'll do like, now to yeah, um, cheer <laughs> to cheer Quipster up, we can talk about um, the Minotaurs, because they featured Yeep. in mm. uh, probably my, one of my favourite 40k books. Not the favourite, because obviously that's Dante. But um, it's, it's <laughs> the second favourite book, probably, where they were quite heavily featured. Not a spoiler, uh, if it's a spoiler, sorry. Uh, Quipster, you can go ahead of this one. And then Le- uh, Legal seemed quite excited by the mention of the Minotaurs.
1: Yeah, so <clears throat> the Minotaurs are a super interesting chapter because they have this cult following. Uh I've and I've actually seen them quite a lot on the table. I mean I don't know about you guys, but I've only ever seen one Blood Ravens army, and that's Mikey from Hellstorm. But Name I've dro- seen... <laughs> Uh Oh wow, okay, I didn't know that Adam. Um but yeah, I've only I've seen very few Minotaurs uh sorry, uh Blood Ravens armies out there but quite a few um armies and i think well, number one a big reason for that is cuz it's a metallic sort of brass kind of scheme so it's quite easy to pull off um and yeah there's a lot of interesting uh, fluff around the chapter because they're supposedly like a chapter that kills other chapters of space marines so they don't have uh, a lot of uh, of the chapter limitations that um or numbers, for example, that other chapters have. Uh, Adam, if you want to expand on that at all.
3: Yeah. So um, the the caracara, sorry, the minotaurs um, are basically they operate as slightly bigger, and they're basically known for for, for two things. Really, um, which I'll summarise as they are quite mysterious. Um, not mm-hmm. much is known about them across the Imperium. No one really knows who's they're t- who they're taking orders from, or it's rumoured to be the High Lords of Terror. So there, there are a chapter which answers directly to um the a group the group of basically civ- not civilians, but the group of regular humans that sort of run the Imperium. Uh, while um Big Daddy Emperor is sitting on his throne um and two um th- they are being blunt about it um massive dickheads um, and <laughs> they a have a, they cunts. yeah <laughs> they have a habit of um that's smashing everything to pieces including loyalists heretics they, they just enjoy violence so they they come from the cursed founding which was like the the 21st founding of chapters or something that's mm-hmm. that's like where they're they're supposed to come from but again why they're mysterious is there was a chapter created then called the minotaurs but no one knows if that's the same minotaurs that still exist today one of the other things that's interesting about them is their chapter master He's a guy called Asterion Moloch, which is quite a cool name. Um, he never really goes to any um, like when, whenever the Minotaurs turn up and fight in an Imperial War, he never goes himself. He always sends this other guy who I think's Enconi or Enconi or something, who's uh, who's the the basically the the Master of the Reclusiarchs. So he's the um, the sort of Chief Chaplain, uh, the Master of Sanctity. They send he sends him as his emissary. Um, so they like they took part in the Badab War, which was this big conflict that if you sort of google into the background of 40k happens and some kind of quite important stuff for the law happened there um but he never turned up to any of the sort of meetings of all the chapter masters of the various space marine chapters that were involved in that um and actually other chapters won't fight alongside them so the ultramarines um will, will, yeah yeah the ultramarines <laughs> will not fight alongside them because uh basically they i think the fluff is that the the minotaurs basically wiped out an entire successor chapter of ultramarines because of like some persistent slight or something something went wrong i know i know one of their characters and to bring it back to what we're talking about one of the forge world models you can actually buy which is a, uh, a dreadnought um one of their characters who off name escapes me off the top of my head but he um he's a he's a contempt dreadnought and uh, one of the bits of fluff behind him is he basically um in one battle accidentally got shot at by some imperial guard he then went in destroyed the imperial guard a whole bunch of space marines and a layman Russ tank and he only stopped because he got basically a radio from the uh from or a vox sorry to keep it 40k from uh from the chapter master himself saying uh calm down mate come on come back to the ship um so yeah the the, the other chapters don't like them they're really violent um i think even the custodies don't like them so i'll hand that back to quipster but they, they, yeah, they look like spartans
0: he- right that's right there. oh yeah yeah
3: they've they got they, that aesthetic yeah. yeah if you like the greek thing if you like the whole i mean the chapter master has the like the round shield and the spear it does
2: look very 300 in the 40k yeah.
3: universe mm. and he's absolutely he's cool do the, yeah do, but do,
2: the do forge world sell upgrade bits for them actually just whilst we're on that is that a thing they sell i don't, don't think so they sell specific shoulder models, pads so you can I buy think. the chapter master you can
0: buy the chaplain that adam mentioned uh, and also that dreadnought um is on there as as yeah as well but yeah. that, that, that Chapter Master in specific
2: has like also, survived well, I, dying a I, few times, right? I just checked it to answer one of your earlier questions. I think it's from you, Quipster. They do have a Blood Bowl Minotaur. There you go. They do have stuff in the mini games. <laughs> yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, no, in terms of like him dying, Asterion Moloch, there's a bit of contention as to whether Asterion Moloch is a title that's passed down from Chapter Master to Chapter Master, or if he's actually just a guy no one really knows because no one knows what his face looks like. So it's sort of a lot more mystery about it all. But uh yeah, I mean in the in the book that uh, Reza was talking about, I can't even remember what it's called. It's not Talons of the Emperor. It's uh Emperor's not...
0: Legion, maybe?
1: No, that's the first one.
0: Then it's, it's the, Regent the, the Regent Shadow. Regent Shadow, yeah.
1: That's the one. So yeah, the minosaurus turn up in that and it's really interesting looking at what's going on in the head of a custodian when confronted by the new Primaris Marines, because the massive spoilers, the uh, the Minds will turn up with a few Primaris Marines, and no one's ever seen them before. And so it's interesting, like looking through Valerian's eyes as he's just sizing up this Primaris Marine, and just being like, "I wonder what it's like to kill you." That's oh. really fascinating.
2: Are they are they still kind of uh, acting in the same capacity as they used to now that Gillam back, or have they kind of? taken a different direction
1: you mean the minotaurs or the custodies the
2: minotaur sorry <laughs> yeah, okay. so in
1: that, yeah in that book, a... it
0: was very early on when uh gulliman came back right because he uh, oh this is massive yeah, spoiler j- territory valerian just got oh, yeah. given whatever he was given as i can't remember what it was. He was given his title <laughs> I think I say massive spoiler. gulliman's back <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah but so like when the Minotaurs first as uh, first turned up the it's just gulliman just kind of returned and was kind of sorting everything else out on terror so i don't think we've kind of had that update on the law of where they stand
1: uh, Gilliman just left at that point, I believe. Yeah. Um,
0: so yeah, Gilliman's just left
1: and they're trying to um, re almost reconquer uh, Terra because it's there's anarchy everywhere in the wake of all these psychic storms, etc. And yeah, the custodians are hard-pressed to contain the chaos that's raining on Terra at that particular time. And the Minotaurs get brought in and they are basically wreaking havoc and fucking up a whole bunch of stuff. And again, spoilers. Um yet near the end of the book, it does describe an interaction between the head of the Administratum and and I think it's actually and Moloch, and basically the head of the Administratum just has a quiet word with them and they just leave. Yeah. With no words to anyone they else. They were like
0: about to fight a custodian and then they could just stopped and like yeah. turned around. Because uh, were the yeah. Imperial fists were there as well, by because Tall Torg- Tall was getting like really, um, what's the word? He turned Chiny. up the phalanx, Aggie. and he was getting really chinny with the the Minotaurs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: If you don't know, Torgaradon's model has a massive chin.
0: Yeah, I think most people probably know that now. Like, they probably can see it from uh, here.
1: <laughs> it was interesting actually, <laughs> just watching uh, that first fight between. Uh, valerian the custodian and a primaris marine and it's obviously i loved reading about it because i play Custodies, and he was literally just like huh these these new marines they're quite quite interesting to fight they're a little bit faster a little bit stronger they still die like marines but uh, that, that was an interesting interaction as he carved through <laughs> a squad of them <laughs>
2: yeah no Custodies, uh Custodes are going to come out on top on that one it's it's kind of funny yeah.
3: actually in that book that they have they have a, a bit of a Barney with the Imperial fists as we say because because in the new you know going back to the, the the Imperial armor compendium book in the new rules when it gives suggested traits for them as a chapter it's actually Imperial fists plus uh, as, as an Imperial fist successor effectively plus some successor chapter tactics so uh, yeah well, maybe... I, I should say they're do too funny I think
2: if we mention this actually so they are rumored to be. Um, war Dogs who are the uh, which is the original name of the uh, world is um, that is actually yeah. for their gene okay. the
1: which makes sense because they have this whole thing about just slaughtering everything around
2: them yeah. well, it's also Brotherhood Brotherhood is the original kind of trait of the War Dogs isn't it I believe it exactly heresy
0: so, I guess the next subject is to go on to the, the kind of the, well, the last chapter I'm aware of, unless there's more. Um, I'm not going to try and pronounce their official name. I'll let Saldos do that it's that uh, cold, car- <laughs> cold you... caradon, the okay, carcaradons
3: we... astra, which are, are I think you mean the shark sharkadons. Yes, yeah, well, there's also yeah. the space, space shark. Yeah, we sure. spoke
0: about space wolves last time, now we're going to talk about the
2: space sharks. <laughs> the, the astral claws are, uh, 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 yeah, yeah. are also worth speaking about because they are uh, that's still true. in 40k. So, the astral claws are the original well. of the chapter. That cat uh, became the Red Corsairs. Um, and you can actually buy um, Huron loyal Huron on on the Forge World website. I still, I believe, still. So, uh, and obviously, you can buy Huron Blackheart as he's known today, who is uh, you know kind of after Abaddon, the second most powerful um, non-aligned Chaos Lord um, in the game.
0: Wait, so wait, I,
3: I know nothing about this. Who is, who are the Astral lords? So so basically what I was going to say is this this, and I don't know how this applies to the blood ravens so I won't include them in this but the one commonality between the astral claws the minotaurs and the carcaridon's astra that's the space sharks is that they were all involved in this thing called the badab war which is what I talked about talked about before which was this sort of huge conflict where one one of the things that that comes out of that is that um huron black well huron as he was then who is the chapter master of the astral clause he him and the astral clause chapter basically turn um to chaos and they become the the red corsairs they become this um this kind of uh pirate force and and that that's that's the trigger behind the 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 bad war um is that he he turns to chaos and and the chapter goes off and starts sort of leading a massive rebellion and the um the carcaridons and the minotaurs are two of the chapters which come in to basically quell it so i, I don't know if that's the origin of the forge world range as in if there was a, maybe yeah, a lot I, of them. Were. i have a vague yeah, I have a vague memory of there being like a Badab War event or something. So one of the, one they of the, did, one yeah. of the kind
2: of sad things about this new book is we have lost a lot of um, uh, kind of unique characters that some of the chapters got that were kind of not specific to Forge World, but written. Uh, the, the rules were in the Forge World book, so um, like the Raptors had a special character, and he was actually bonkers. Um, so, so he's now gone, <laughs> um, and, and he's he's in the Badab War as well. There, the, 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 the um, uh, Raptors are also in the Badab War. Um, red Scorpions as yeah. well, who are another. Yeah, red just, I just, the I just said all, there was yeah. three
0: chapters, but then I'm sitting here thinking,
3: no, there's way more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Boris is going to kill us if we don't mention the uh, the Red Scorpions.
1: See, this is the thing. I know nothing about the Red Scorpions. Yeah, it's only got,
0: everybody so... loves them, and everybody who seems to play really competitive forty k just paints their army as that.
4: Well,
2: they're not. You mean well,
4: one they... guy? No, they're no. There's red, more than just. So <laughs> There's more than yeah, more like grey and black. I've
0: seen more than pe- more, uh, just Boris have red scorpions. Anyway, but what are they? Someone to explain.
3: What? Well, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I I I I talked <laughs> so I don't so. know. Anything. Does
4: anyone um, know? <laughs> what I mean,
3: so, well, should I do the Carcharodonts because I know I know them first, or we or do you want to do? I, what, what I was going to say the one thing I know about the the red scorpions or, or the two things I know about them is they um, are super super hot on the Codex Astartes. So they are like ideal Gilliman fans, love it, you know, organise themselves as a codex chapter. And they have a very cool character called Carib Cullen the Risen, who is a 4 model that you can buy, who I think is a Leviathan dreadnought, who is like uh one of their very senior people in the chapter. I don't think he's the chapter master, um, but he basically is a is a a, a dreadnought, um, and has all sorts of cool cool abilities as well. So that's the sort of they're the two things I know about the red scorpions. That, that's about
1: well, it That's there's one thing I do know about the red scorpions and it's about that character specifically and I think this is one of the only times I've seen this except for maybe Gazgul. um, a character that started off as I believe he started off as like a captain and then he became uh, like higher up in the order uh, I think first he had like he was a captain he had normal armour then I think he became a terminator and then I think there was some some narrative where he was almost slain and they yeah. interred him into a dreadnought and then he just had a dreadnought model
2: isn't there an Ultramarines guy who who's now dead <laughs> as well sorry but he like went up a rank no I forgot who I was don't, that I don't, I don't know but I just have a feeling because like one, the, yeah. the Ultramarines have so many yeah, characters yeah, that could be anyone why. at this point It's <laughs> probably a safe bet don't hate <laughs>
0: Uh, and they, uh, I guess yeah, the next one cool. the, spa- I, I the space the space sharks, hmm. which are
3: yeah the next space. Animals. So so I mean they're they're quite similar to the the minotaurs in some ways in that they're known for being sort of quite violent and quite quite sort of ruthless. Um, but they th- I don't I don't know and uh, Sandman correct me if I'm wrong. I I think are they not rumored to be somehow related to the Raven Guard? Yeah, I think they're rumored. To, so, they're, the rumor
2: is that they're from the Night Lords.
1: Right. No, no, I thought it was the Raven Guard. And like the the narrative behind that as far as I'm aware was people f- people forget this about Corvus Corax, but he was actually fairly ruthless. Um and one of the things he did to purge the Terran recruits from the Raven Guard was a send them on uh there was this campaign where just loads and loads of Raven Guard died and he made sure that they were, most of them were Terran recruits and anyone that was left Essentially got not expelled, but like almost banished from the chapter. Essentially, he took all the Terran recruits and was like, right, that corner of the galaxy, go take it over. And just left them, and they just buggered off. And eventually, those marines became um, the Corcoridons. And the reason specifically why he sent the Terran marines away was because, um, if you don't know this uh, already, Corvus Corax was brought up in, in a prison on a prison planet. Um Explains why he's a meme. The...
3: Not, not the, not the Alex Jones uh, online conspiracy theory website, to be clear.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Um, and so when he was reunited with the Raven Guard, the Raven Guard, pre-being united with him, had been used mainly as a garrison force. And essentially he looked at them with disgust because he was like, essentially, you've been jailers. You've been the marines who have been sent to worlds that have already been conquered to just make sure the populace are still in line. You are absolutely not what I'm about as a Primarch. So he made special pains to send those marines away or get them killed and replace them with uh, native recruits from his homeworld. Uh, so yeah, as far as I'm aware, the Kocorodons are the descendants of Banished Ravenguard. But where was the the Night Lords connection? I wasn't I wasn't aware that that was yeah. A thing,
2: so the, yeah, they are basically just very similar to the Night Lords. So they have like the yeah. uh, black eyes, white skin. Um, th- th- so it's the, the if th- if there are a um, uh, if they are a Raven Guard successor, I think they're more likely to be some sort of like mutant Raven Guard, something like that. Because as we all know, um, Chorus, well yeah, the genes well, the, yeah. Co- I think, I think up the reason the why
3: is because the. Yeah, I I think the reason why is because the like one of their senior people or possibly the chapter master uses like a title, which is the same as the uh, like was used in the Raven Guard in the Heresy. I think that's where the the rumored link comes from as well. Yeah. I see. Uh, I mean, yeah.
2: I mean, apparently
1: yeah, the yeah, uh, the narrative like, for just... those Carcara books is really good.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tiberius the Red Wake, and he like only speaks in a whisper or something like that. They are, I will say the real reason the Carcara dons <laughs> that'd be made, annoying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the real reason the Cardack or were made go over there, was so, <laughs> were so that uh, can can painters could really differentiate place? themselves as really, really good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, if we talk specifically about the Cakaradons as well, I think that Cakaradons army is probably one of the most famous armies out there. I think you guys know the one that I'm talking about. Oh, that, the that's the one the by uh, Islander one.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. By uh, is it Saini is his name
1: Something like that. But Same my even... God. Yeah. I'm going to Google him so I don't mispronounce it. Hang on. Do it. But honestly, that's... I, hear, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Do you not? No. Oh my God. It's a beautiful army. But basically what this guy has done is he's free-handed. So you know you get these tribal designs from Pacific Islanders? Yeah. Uh, like the tattoos and stuff? He's done that on every single model. Oh, wow. Like like the, um, the Space Wolf that... Um, I uh, think he did. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's all over their armor. Each one is super highly converted. Um, it's it's all Pacific Islander themed as well. So, you know uh, what's that? Um, what's that film with the rock in it? Um, it's animated. Oh, uh, Moana. No. Moana. Moana. That's it. You know the the character he plays in Moana. He's got this big giant whalebone hook thing. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: So yeah. a couple of characters have that
3: weapon.
2: I <laughs> oh, yeah, I really like that film. What can I say? Uh, except
4: you're
2: welcome. <laughs> Just while they're
3: like nuking your planet, um, <laughs> for the chaos I purge from this world. Um, no, but they um, say so th- this this trap, um, Saini and Dia um i'm probably mispronouncing that but if you, if you just google there's a, there's a warhammer community article um which they did about his army uh, it's from the 8th of november 2018 and i would seriously encourage listeners to look it up because honest to god this this army is gorgeous to look at um, how, do you, how do you spell his name uh, s-e-y-n-i and his surname is n apostrophe d-a-d-i-a-y-e Um, So yeah, he's done an amazing, I mean, it's just very cool. It's like, yeah, it just looks amazing.
1: Uh, I must also say that uh, you should probably say, you type in Seni in DIA um, Warhammer, because otherwise a retired Lee's football player comes up.
3: I kind of hope it's the same guy. I'm sure it isn't. I really want it to be the same guy. That would be be very cool, yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, anyway, whether they share a name or whether it is the same retired Senegalese football player uh, (laughs) who now just paints amazing miniatures, uh, go and check this out because it's just a very, very cool uh, interpretation of the Carcaradones. Carcaradones? Carcaradones! Carcaradones. I've made up another chapter there.
1: (laughs) But to be honest, that whole... The idea that uh, certain chapters take traits from certain cultures... I think is something that they should, Games Workshop as a company should explore more. Like the fact that he's taken a Pacific Islander theme and made it uh, like a whole thing for, for his chapter I, is phenomenal. And that the creativity that he's put into that is amazing. I'd love to see way more of that.
0: Yeah, because they're kind of slightly touching it with some of the stuff, but they've never really kind of fully committed. Because you've also got, you know, we spoke quite the other day, Space Wolves. Uh, ultramarines have got a very Roman feel about it. Um, Do they? Yeah, that's it. very subtle. Yeah, well, I don't know. Some of their, some of their <laughs> names make me go, maybe, or maybe
3: that's did just. You, a... Did you describe the Ultramarines Roman feel as subtle? I mean, they're about as Roman <laughs> as you can get. Come on, mate. Yes, that was the joke. Oh, I'm sorry. More, I like it. It's It's not to be fair, It's funnier when you have to explain it. Winter's laugh. I, d- I don't know. I, I can. I just take you too seriously,
4: Quistor. That's the problem.
1: <laughs> it's my overly serious face. But yeah, so well, what's the next thing we we're going to talk about with Forge stuff? I've entirely oh, like, lost track.
3: I was just going to say, I I just double checked as well. If you do want to have a look at um, Seiny's uh, army, um, it's also on his Instagram, which is at neb- Nebriuson. So that's at N E B R I U. S-O-N and that has all of his painting on there including including the uh, the um, the Cogarodon's army so uh, just a shout out to him if he's listening I doubt it but uh, yeah check out check out uh, oh, his I'm going to
1: send this cool. to him
3: afterwards oh good yeah yeah let's, oh, let's do that name
0: drop <laughs> <laughs>
1: we've not dropped his name so much now
0: <laughs> Um, I think I think the the next subject you probably wanted to delve in because we're kind of jumping all over the place a little bit is um <laughs> kind of uh, the big winners from the, the the new book that came out um so i'm going to start with ed because you're up to date with books
2: oh okay um no yeah i haven't had as big a delve as i think so there's yeah there's there's some interesting things um so i think that a lot of the massive units got much much cheaper so one of the, the ways you could tell That a lot of the units weren't properly balanced previously was that they had very round points values and they were pointed things like (laughs) 666, 800. (laughs) They were were massively round points values. So, like, and a lot of them were just like, a lot of them they couldn't be bothered to balance. They would just point to oblivion with the idea, and this was the uh, originally was not, sorry, not originally in terms it's terrain, but with. Uh, some of the old stuff. The idea was just like you know, this is these are models for people that love to paint and just want to create cool-looking armies. So,
1: well, not just that. I was going to say, talking about like the funny points values. The the number of corn is eight, right? Yeah. Well so wasn't there that corn? Wasn't there that corn demon? They were just like, "lol, this will be funny," and they made it eight hundred and eighty-eight points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, "what the <laughs> fuck, guys!" Yeah, so
2: a, a lot of things. Got mad. So some things I literally dropped by like over a thousand points. Um, and then there was a f- oh, wow. there was a few things that did that, and they they are now pay- playable. So um, some of the fire uh, Titans, the Adam mentioned earlier. yeah, the Giant Squig-Off. Yeah, that, so I I think, that I think that did go down quite a bit. Yeah, because um, um, I, a- a- I don't think it's. Table. Yeah, but
0: Titans is quite excited about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, the really, really, the, I mean, this is the big thing about Forge World stuff, right? It's like people just want to be able to play it. So, like as Krypsster alluded to earlier, um, I think he's, you know, he's people, people joke about it, but it's you know it's a bit shitty if you just love Forge World stuff, but you don't, you can't take it because everyone's like, oh, you got Forge World stuff, man, and you're like, yeah, but I've got, I've got a dreadnought with a with a spear, like just let's just, yeah. just try it so now we let me do this yeah like you know same with like a bio titan or something right it's like you know you just you know it's, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong if you can transport that thing to games workshop or your local gaming store like fair play to you but but like you know you just want to play these things and now they're playable and that's really the big thing if things are competitive and they do increase the number of units that you know competitive armies can take that's awesome and that's what that's the thing about tau that i'm most excited for so i've always thought the vara offers not just a cool unit but a totally different play style for tau you know there's you know crisis suits can take flamers but it's not really a super viable strategy in, in my opinion so like having this these you know if you now they're so cheap you know you can probably take three they hopefully will get a bit of a points decrease at some point anyway um and then you know you you can now play these three units that can be you know, scout along the board edge and you will lose them you know but once you if you lose one turn one it's no longer like fuck that was a quarter of my army <laughs> so yeah, there's, there's yeah a i don't bunch know what of, that's like <laughs> there are a bunch of big winners i think in that book um the dreadnoughts obviously yeah. all getting minus one to hit uh, minus one the dreadnoughts all got minus one to wound um, which is massive Ab- absolutely massive um so the damage, yeah. minus one damage yeah. Yeah. i mean talking Sorry, about yeah. that
1: Sorry, and the, o- <laughs> the other thing i was going to mention as well and this is actually something that surprised me i think custodies really flew under the radar here in this book like we got basically no changes, uh, especially to points. There was barely anything that they changed. uh already I mean, got lost... a big change, actually. Uh, yeah, they went to damage two, was it?
2: They've got a the heavy uh, bolt. So they, they, right? they have got flat damage two, which is, again, actually, that's a great, pre- hopefully a, a fantastic precedent you you are going to set, because it's a huge weakness mm. of custodies being D3 damage, generally speaking. Fucking trading. Yeah. But they also got, they also <laughs> get a two-up save now. So the Venetari um, are the custodies with jetpacks, if you're not familiar oh, with okay. them. And I they can take else. a Buckler, I think it is, and that gives you a two-up save now, which is awesome. Really, really cool.
1: I... Did not actually know this, oh. so thank you, Ed, for telling me. And then, I have three Venatari and I'm going to put them together as soon as possible. that is amazing! I'm going
2: to credit in your I will credit Table <laughs> of Titans with this because I, I don't know what I'm talking about. But the
4: uh, dudes
2: with the, the sagittarians yeah, the dudes with the heavy bolters. Mm, yeah. They are now apparently really, really good. Um, so they, yeah. yes. So as a, as a unit, as an army that suffers with kind of backfield objective holders, or, or you know, however mm. you want, to, or you know, scouting objective holders, they're pretty pretty solid so
1: absolutely yeah. they are the only ranged firepower you can get on the infantry models so to have that and to have them as being good I, I, is I still an think amazing bonus I still think they also such, look very
2: cool i still think it's such a shame that they didn't um make i would do so even if we had to take a lot of the, you know the guns aren't even that good but like, even if i had to take the guns away i would just want custodians to get some sort of transport option just some, yeah just that something. is the next it, big thing um, yeah i uh, look you know maybe that's maybe there's a reason for that maybe gw looked at those rules and went you know what custodies? we don't want because they have transport you know or i mean cheap transport which is, you know maybe maybe is fair enough but I, I i personally would vote for that i think it would be really good for the army
1: yeah i mean technically speaking we do have transport options because we have the land raider the orion gunship and <laughs> the, 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 the um,
4: <laughs> yeah it no it's ridiculous <laughs> <laughs>
1: But uh, and we've got the uh, the carrier who's the Corona scrap carrier as well. Um, but those are all so horribly overcosted. There's just no point in taking any of them. I've seen some people take have some utility from the land raiders as like firing platforms, but as a transport, it, I, it, there's just no point. I would say. But in terms of like Forge World's uh, stuff that Custody's got, the big one I think was the minus one damage on the dreadnoughts, because like. Custodies at the moment I think in general in the game are flying a little bit under the radar there are some super hard counters for Custodies like if you take any psychic you'll win like that's just it if you if you're not a crap player you take some psychic you'll just smash Custodies because we just don't have any way of saving against those mortal wounds um but against basically every other army you can do very well and to get bonuses on top of what we had already with the strats coming out of the War of the Spider, it makes custodies just this, this force to be reckoned with. And I think, like Ed, uh, like Sandman was saying uh, in previous podcasts, they are due a bit of a rebalance. But it's nice at the moment that that hasn't happened.
3: It's just a shame yeah. you can't play at the moment.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, shut up.
3: Legal, did you want to add <laughs> I mean, anything? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, and I assume that custodies can't get in this because the unit I'm about to pick out as being super super you know big winner i think from this is an imperium transport which works across a range of armies and chaos as well which is the terax pattern uh, assault uh, terax pattern termite drill or assault what the hell is that it right it is a it's basically a gigantic drill with a and transport a capacity of of resin
2: of for you there, Chris, there. yeah i mean it's it's
3: it's huge this is this is akin to when we were talking earlier at the very start of this about the thunderhawk metal gunship this thing is like as close as probably you can get to it in just a single piece of resin at a reasonable price that you can then chuck at someone and potentially do damage to them uh, if you so wish um but yeah this this is a this is a uh a, a transport as the name suggests it the idea is it kind of drills underground and then pops up and you know disgorges a load of troops um the reason it's is really well the reasons it's really good uh is is are are multiple um so you can um it's it's got a melter cutter on the front which is sort of how it drills through the ground as well as actually having like a, a drill um and that's gone from d3 shots to five shots and got the new melter rules so that's quite good um it it um has a straight damage increase from its actual drill if it gets into melee because if you get into melee with it it quite literally just you know drills you in the head um and does d3 plus 3 against pretty much everything and d3 plus 6 against vehicles um it's toughness eight it's got 14 wounds now it was 10 um and a three up save and it's got 12 mo- it can transport 12 models so you can bring a 10 man squad plus your um and it's you know out a, couple of stock. Of, a couple of characters <laughs> yeah unsurprisingly <laughs> no it's not not. i think it can only I'm, I'm, i think no,
4: yeah. oh you look the at website it right now yeah <laughs> i'd <I'm> say <saying. laughs> i think well, it can only carry Actually, that the, the, um, they do
2: i don't know what happens with the website but sometimes that can happen where if you go to the terax from like chaos space marines it might be out of stock but then if you go through to something else it might be in stock so you've had i've had that with like oh, okay. uh, you know terminators and st- you know you know you get like kits that can be built both ways sometimes one kit will be out of stock oh yeah and then the, the same yeah, the kit that you can build a different way is isn't um, so, so, so this 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 hilarious. this thing is just really
3: good. I think it, I think it can only carry maybe first ball marines and um, like like uh, I've seen people use it with electro yeah. priests in um, in mm. in admec armies, but obviously chaos marines can get in it. But as I say, you bring a ten man squad, and obviously because it's a drill, it just deep strikes. It's the way it works, so it's not on the table. It's not going to get shot at. So, so you know it's what it really really good.
1: You know what it really reminds me of? Do you guys ever watch? or did you guys ever watch uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know the, dr- the drill thing that comes out totally of the well ground 90. from like, the bad guys? <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of either that or the drill thing from Thunderbirds.
2: Yeah. Do yeah, it just yeah, reminds yeah. you of any drill? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it reminds me of drill vehicles. It's, 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 like a giant,
3: it's, like, it's like a big version of my Dremel, but with, uh, you know, traveling underground.
4: <laughs> yeah
2: the forearms to, to power that thing
0: <laughs> not <gonna> it. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think uh yeah i think the last thing probably would be a remiss for us not to talk about considering the the subject um of the last few podcasts is probably the the primark models you can get on Forge world um
1: are amazing
0: yes i didn't mention yes yeah, so these... but the model i would get if i could get one would be Sanguinius. not that i was capable
3: i'm capable of painting it see the, the only reason is, you brought this uh, oh, up is to say that, right? No, That's it...
1: <laughs> so, to be honest, this is a very interesting point to talk about. And I think a lot of people have mentioned this. Like, I... Those Primark models, some of them, people have leveled the criticism of them that they are too dynamic in their posing. For example, Sanguinius, Korax, and uh, Fulgrim... They're doing these like wild poses where they're just jumping off stuff or they're like jumping at things, and it looks like to some people too much. I don't think so. For some of them, for example, I think the sanguineous model is beautiful, um, specifically because it's designed off depictions of Saint Michael, and that's exactly how he's uh, how he looks in the art, uh, in like Renaissance art. But like something like Fulgrim, for example, I think that absolutely. Well, is I think ugly I think the, those
2: two examples as well probably prove this point Uh, a lot of them are designed with dioramas in mind so like sanguinius is designed for a a diorama base and uh, so is Fulgrim actually um not not Mm. all of them are but the ones that are super dynamic um are are designed like that um the only one that is a bit weird is angron because he is he's tiny apparently he's tiny tiny yeah
3: yeah he's teeny tiny we should, we should probably which just mention which is why he's so um, angry that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it, it turns out Angron just has small man syndrome it's nothing to do with the butcher's <laughs> nails um, no we should we should just mention the Primate models obviously aren't covered in the Imperial Armour book that we've been talking about for the rest of the podcast they are part of a separate range which are to
0: do with uh, Horus Heresy did. if
2: I buy the Lion I can play it right no one <laughs> 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 just be um, a Dark Angel's captain fucking stop me, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I mean genuinely
1: like I think you should buy that put it on a 40 mil base and be like oh this is my captain captain
2: <laughs> i would
1: do i would do that report, so, so uh, i've just played uh, uh, i've upgraded him to a chapter master he's got a power sword do
3: you know what i have i have seen i have seen someone use uh, people use some of the primark models as um, demon princes um, in their armies or great really? demons and stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. with conversions, um, which is which is very cool. So, but yeah, to to be clear, the 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 Primark models are part of the Horus Heresy game, which is obviously mm. you know slightly different. Although who knows? I think Ed's just you know holding out for that lion model in 40k, as discussed on one of the previous episodes of the podcast. Well,
2: I've I've progressed now, Adam. Now I'm just going to say it's coming, and uh, <laughs> I'm, never, I'm just going to ignore people <laughs> that say otherwise. Um, I will Wait, say as you're well, saying
1: you're coming <laughs> over something. What's this? <laughs> is it the lion always <laughs>
3: have to lower
2: the tone <laughs> don't you quit oh, yes obviously friendly, uh, you ruined that plan
1: well that was uh, a mistake <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, uh, I will say we are only waiting um, now on the Khan which is quite mm. exciting uh, so the, the Khan for, for those who aren't familiar is probably like the thing that I'm most excited for is one of the Khan's most famous Bits pre kind of the dive into heresy, which we've had since the kind of mid two thousands, is the Khan was very famous for riding a a riding a rhino uh, in the Siege of Terror, which I think it will be a massed a massive missed opportunity if they don't make a surfing Khan model. (laughs) Wait, do you mean a rhino as
0: in the the
3: tank, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. not like an actual <laughs> yeah, rhino. A rhino. <laughs> he's actually he's
3: actually I mean, a member of
2: Peter, so he wouldn't, yeah. he wouldn't do
3: that. <laughs> I mean that that in itself would still be quite metal, right? Yeah, just so him on cool. top of on top of the transport with a rhino on top of the rhino <laughs> with Khan <laughs> on top of that, just riding into battle with like, like
2: going in the background. Oh, it'd be amazing. Uh, that
1: would be the coolest thing ever i
2: will totally in gw this is your reason to do this i will totally buy a malkador model as soon as they make that though because that's oh totally that's just a a dude (laughs) size so uh i'll definitely find a place for that in in one of my armies
1: i was gonna say talking about uh people using the primate models in their armies you guys have all met uh this guy toki paints right on instagram he's uh toki paints um, he's the guy that converted his right, entire guys, Space Wolf army. It a day there. Before... <laughs> <laughs> but he converted his whole Space Wolf army from like Forge World resin. So like his sergeants are Primarch models.
3: Oh, yeah, he's got he's got like um, he's got Horus as one of his one of his like lords or something. Yeah, Terminator. It's just mad. It's awesome. just. Unbelievable. Seen it in person, it's beautiful.
2: One last name drop in there, Quipster. Yeah. We, we oh yeah. Well, I so tried, uh, I tried to uh, cut him off. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I think
0: on that bombshell, uh, I think it might
3: be a, a, a good opportunity for us to wrap
2: up. <laughs> so um... we just can we
3: just copying Top Gear. Now? <laughs> yeah. I'll, just, I'll just do the introduction to the next. Oh, on this episode, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Reza wears some headphones. Quipster <laughs> goes to siege, and Ed <laughs> talks about the lion. Uh... Completely oh, just
0: thrown <laughs> me in what I was really. going to do. So um, legal, why don't you sign us out with uh, where
3: we can find you? <laughs> Sorry. Sure. So uh, I am I am on Instagram at adr Wargaming, So if you fancy seeing some vaguely mediocre painting, uh, jump on there and have a look. Sandman,
2: uh, I am uh, on Instagram at the Sandman Army.
0: And Quickstar, sure no one knows about you. <laughs>
1: Uh, so yep on Instagram uh, you can find me at quipsternerd and on YouTube
0: you can find me at quipsternerd and I've been Reza Prime you can find me on Instagram on Reza Prime for less than mediocre painting Uh, and don't forget to follow us on the Conclave uh, podcast on Instagram Facebook and YouTube and all the other podcast things that are out there. Thank you for listening much love, bye bye
3: bye